You're listening to Literally, the podcast where you literally get a complete behind the scenes peek at a one-on-one business coaching relationship and the transformation that unfolds over the course of six months. I'm your host, Lacey Seitz, business mentor and success coach and the founder of A Lit Up Life. These are recordings of actual coaching sessions with one of my clients where you get to experience her journey right along with her and gain insight into building your own lit up life and the business that you desire. Hi guys, welcome to session 12. Today we are diving into really exciting things like why are you doing something? What's the motivation behind it? How do you create momentum? We're talking about things that Sabrina is adding next year and what makes sense and why. So I think this will be a really, really useful session to not only just see what Sabrina is thinking and where she's going, but to really take these opportunities for them to be a reflection for you and yourself and what's going on in your business and what is motivating you and driving you and creating momentum. So I hope you enjoy. Thank you for listening as always. And I hope you guys really, really have a beautiful week. All right. How you doing? I'm good. Got any exciting things you want to tell me? Bonnie is getting a brother. I'm going to be a grandma for the second time, but it's not a baby. (gasps) Oh my gosh. That's so funny. Uh, Okay. Tell us. We're getting another puppy. I think. You think, or you are. So... I would say we're 99% sure. So Paul's going to drive down tomorrow to look at them because I have another dog in consideration that I'll show you. Okay. But yeah, so I'm pretty sure we're going to get a puppy and we're going to call him Clyde. So cute. It'll be Bonnie and Clyde. But I also have the name Mm -hmm. Brody, which is Scottish for second son, but it's not as cool as Clyde. But yeah, so my dad said for Halloween, I have to dress them up and tape rocket launchers to their back. Oh my gosh. So cute. I love it. I feel like we're basically accomplishing our podcast goals. You're having a baby. Not quite in the way that (laughs) we had imagined. Can you see my... Yeah. So this is the grayish one. Yes. Love him. And then this is the brown one. Oh, he cute too. I know. I was pretty set on the gray one, but then Paul threw a spanner in the works with the brown one. Oh, he's really cute too. I know. So I'm going to send you all of these pictures so you can okay. later. I want to watch that video later. Yeah. But he's a little cutie pie as well. So we'll see so exciting a puppy for christmas yeah well i think we'll get them january 2nd they are ready for christmas but that way i can still rage on new year's eve because i've got like tickets booked for a party and stuff and i don't you know want to leave a puppy alone for six seven hours yeah yeah plus i've got friends coming so then you know we can spend a little bit of time with them and then get the puppy okay fair Mm -hmm. all right so how are you feeling about it good weird good Yeah. I think the good reframe for me was I'm not getting a puppy. Bonnie is getting a puppy. (laughs) Bonnie's getting a bestie. Right. She's, she's getting a brother because Paul was like, do you want a puppy? And I'm like, not really. Not that I don't want one, but just that I don't have like a hole in my heart for one, you know? So like, there's not like a longing or a desire of like, I must have this puppy, but I think it would be good for Bonnie to have a brother. Mm Mm-hmm. I think that's very cute. Well, congratulations. So Bonnie and Clyde coming soon. I can't wait. Yeah. 
I may have already assumed that you were getting one. So something is on the, on the way for him. <laughs> I'll be very excited. Yeah. Everyone thinks it's a great idea and everyone's gung ho. And I do have a little twinkle in my heart when I talk to them on the phone, but yeah. That robot heart comes to life. It twinkled. I like that. All right. So what else is going on? Mm, tomorrow's my last day of work for the year. Yay. How do you feel? Good. Very good. I also recorded 70 ish videos yesterday at a video shoot at my house. So that was good. It's a crazy couple of days. And today is the last day of coach's kitchen, Christmas edition. <gasps> Yay! I can't believe you did that. I'm so impressed with you. I know we still have to record one more, so we'll record it today, but yeah, I'm amazed that I pulled it off. It was so much work. But yeah, and then the day 10 one, it didn't load or it didn't like post on time. So I posted it the next day, which I didn't really care about, but it was fine. Yeah, totally. I mean, I think what's so cool about that is that like you had this vision, you committed to it, you brought it to life. It wasn't about like, oh, are people going to love it? Or are they not? It was like, you really wanted to do it. And it's just like yeah. cool that you like fully did that for yourself, you know? Yeah. It's also been fun because when I talk to my family on the phone, they'll be like, I want to make your cranberry sangria, or I want to make your this. And then they're making it and stuff. So that's also, I think just a fun thing. You know, I'm watch. making the dates. I bet you are. They're good. Mm -hmm. I totally am. They're good. Yeah. So I'm excited for that and just glad that I pulled it off. I think next year it might be like coach's kitchen cocktail edition or like Christmas Ooh. cocktail edition. Cause the cocktails are so much easier to record than the actual recipes. Remember when you were really into like the hot chocolate bar life? Like I feel like you could do something with that too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I remember yesterday we were stretched for time cause we did the video shoot all day. And we needed to film one. And so we did potatoes, which is like so easy and boring. But I was like, we should just make hot chocolate. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So good. Okay. So last day of work, do you feel better? Like with stuff getting done team-wise with like what got accomplished before? Yeah. Then? I think that on Wednesday, I'll take some time to like plan out a little bit of content. But tomorrow's the last day of like work, work and calls. But I don't mind taking, you know, two or three hours to plan some stuff out. Good. I'm just going to throw my phone in the ocean and not talk to anybody for a couple of days. I don't believe you. Well, I'll talk to you probably. Okay. Maybe. So you're not going to be able to not if you're in the middle of puppy time. That's why the puppy comes in January. No, but Paul's going to look at it tomorrow. Yeah, but I'm not. Yeah. So I'll throw my phone away on Wednesday. Okay, fair. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. He has to drive four hours and 40 minutes down and then four hours and 40 minutes up. Oh, wow. So, but he, I think he wants to do it though, which is strange. I'm sure he's excited about it. Yeah. I think he is. I think he is very excited. I feel like he's the one that was kind of like spearheading this. He was for sure. So exciting. Okay. Very good. All right. So how do you feel about yourself wrapping up the year? Let's talk about that. I think I sold like three or four more wealthy women spots since we last spoke. So good. That was great. And then also Black Friday numbers. We actually ended up closer to 294,000, not whatever number I told you when we spoke, 246 or whatever. Like it's just needing to clarify. So fun. But yeah, because we spoke and then I was like, oh, I missed a millionaire sale. And then I made two more wealthy women sales. 
And then on top of that, I made an additional three wealthy women sales on top of those two. I mean, okay, like, so what do you got for that? Are we like so close to that first goal ish that you set for that? I think that we will definitely hit it in December. I don't know what we're at now. I think maybe like 25, 26, but I'd have okay. to double check that something like that. So good. Yep. So I'm just going to spend the rest of the month selling wealthy woman, I think, and just kind of call it a day. And I think I will focus on that for like Q1 and then millionaire. I'll lightly push that, but mostly focus on wealthy woman. And then maybe in like March, April, do a big millionaire push. Yeah. Well, I, what's helpful is, you know, what you're doing is like, you're being committed to the goal kind of thing. Right. So it's like, you decided the goal was yeah wealthy and like, you're letting yourself focus on that. And I think that's, what's so helpful is to like, I mean, it sounds like obvious, but it's what's so hard to do in business sometimes, which is like set that goal and then actually let yourself just focus on that and not a hundred other things. Well, it's just because with every new millionaire sale, like I have to add a private call onto my plate to onboard yeah. them which the pay in full has worked really well to get the bonus. I did raise the rate. So it's not 9K anymore. Now it's 10K. And I'm not sure I want to raise it to 12K. I think I want to hold it at that for the next, like maybe 15-ish sales or so. And then I also added another payment plan, which is two payments of 5,200, two monthlies. And we had someone take that one as well. Awesome. So good. Yeah. But I don't think I want to push it to 12K just yet. Yeah. I think that makes sense. Also, maybe like you just wait till you hit that first goal number and then like reconsider from there. Yeah. But I feel, I feel good overall. And then I feel good about the podcast. I feel good about the reels. I feel good about CEO confessions. I also did some creeping yesterday and we have a bunch of very high profile ish entrepreneurs. Not, not. Oh, even yeah, it. yeah. That's what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. It's like, the fuck? Why do you read every single email and click on every single link? But they do. Beauty of being able to track your email. But I think it's really cool for you yeah. to see that, like, you know, that's why like CEO confessions is like actually really useful because like other people at that level are curious what that is too. Because I think that is kind of like the lonely place sometimes, right? Is that yeah. you don't know if like other people are dealing with that in their business because a lot of people that are in your position are talking about it. So I think it's something to be really proud of yourself for that. Like that is the conversation people are craving, you know? Definitely. Yeah. I guess no one else is psychotic enough to do the literally podcast at this level, which I makes know, right? Yeah. Although I'm sure you'll get some people applying now. Cause I know everyone loves to be just like me, but yeah, it's just, it's just a thing, which I understand. Cause it is definitely like hard talking about some of this stuff. Yeah. I think you've done a really, really good job. Yep. So I feel good about that. And then that's at the end. Okay. So I appreciate all of that answer, except that my question was, how do you feel about yourself as the year is ending? Good, proud, very consistent, happy. Are you looking at a feelings wheel right now or is that <laughs> yeah, actually true? It's over on the back wall and I'm just picking words. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I think I see happy on there. That sounds right. Yeah. yeah. How do I feel about myself? Good, proud. Okay. I like proud. Proud's a good feeling. Tired. More about proud. I did many things this year, you know, and I have a lot of self-trust banked and I have a lot of consistency and I am super visible and I am selling every day 
and I'm mindsetting every day and I am not in jail. So all good things, all good things. I am like, I think what you said about the, having the self-trust bank is so important. I feel like you like really rebuilt so much of that this year. And I think you have so much to be proud of there. Like that's, mm. there's almost nothing that you said you were going to do this year that you didn't like fully do and commit to. Like that's really, I mean, yeah. a big, a big deal comparatively yeah. number one, but also just in general, I think like how many entrepreneurs can really say that? Yeah. No, definitely. I went very hardcore this year on all the things while still having a lot of fun, I think. All right, you guys, I know this is sort of the cheesy thing that we can kind of talk about, but it's harder to put in practice or it's easier to blow off. But here's the thing I want you to know. Having self-trust banked is literally everything in your business. When you can trust that when you say you're going to do something, you do it, that you show up for yourself fully, that you show up for your business in the way that feels good to you. When you can bank that much evidence, it is absolutely wild how you can continue to create momentum and show up for yourself. When you do not have that banked, it is wild how tough everything feels. Being able to count on yourself fully and completely is such a gift you can give yourself. I mean, obviously in life, but definitely in business and definitely in your own business. So just remember that, you know, what deposits are you making into your self-trust bank account regularly? Like they can be small, but are you building evidence that says I can trust myself? I back myself when I say I'm going to do something, I do it. Like if you can keep putting those deposits in, you are going to feel entirely different in business and your ability to run at business and make things happen is going to be entirely different as well. So remember having self-trust bank is everything is such a gift you can give yourself. Yeah. Do you feel like that's something you want? Like when you're looking into next year, are you like, that's like, I want my next year to feel similar to that in terms of this. Or when you say tired, are you like, I'm proud and some things need to shift. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think things are already shifting, which I feel really good about, but my word for 2023 is overflow. And I feel like I've just banked a lot of deposits this year that now I'm ready to enjoy that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, so all of the systems we built out this year, like now I get to enjoy the byproduct of that instead of having to deal with building that up. And so that was just a choice I made this year of like, I am going to work a lot more than I normally do. And I'm going to really up my team's hours and expenses and things like that. So I can put into place some systems that I want so that then I can get that space and that overflow. Yeah. Tell me what overflow means to you. Two puppies instead of one. Oh my gosh. How fun. You're already living into it. I like it. Mm. Well, I told Paul because I told him that like, normally the way I will manifest something is I feel like a lack of something where I'm yes. like, I must have this purse that I do not have, you know, or I must have this money that I do not have. But with the dog, it was like, well, I already have the world's most perfect dog and family and everything else. So like, I'm not feeling a lack there. So like, maybe I can just everything's good. And then it overflows into another one instead of feeling like this missing piece. Totally. So there's a missing hole for the puppy. I think that that is like, I mean, you know, it's eye rolly in a sense of like, Oh, that's the hard work. But I actually do think like all of the clients that I work with that are, you know, 
playing at that level would say the exact same thing that it's like, it's so much easier to manifest something from a hole versus from like, everything's already good. There's no hole. There's no deficit, like creating and receiving and, and manifesting from that level, I feel like is so much more difficult and takes like a lot of intentionality and like really different way of like interacting with the world. Right. Yeah. So I think this doesn't always get talked about as much, but I talk about it with my clients quite often, which is this idea that creating and manifesting from abundance and not a whole is some big work. And so I think it's easier to like always feel like we're kind of filling a hole. Even as someone has made lots and lots of money, they can still be telling themselves this story that like, oh, I need this here and I have to get this here and I have to create this here. And in some ways there's more ease to filling the hole right but when you are really in that place where you have fully taken in like things are so good and i have like my wants needs and desires met what's next that really is some big work right it's some big work to let yourself feel like you kind of have it all right and not make up all these stories around why you don't and then it's some really really big work to believe that you can still call in and have more from that place and so If you're experiencing that, I just want to say it's really normal for that to feel pretty tough. And I think a lot of my clients have gone through this phase of that feeling quite difficult. And it's really big work and big important work that you can do in your coaching container on your mindset to be able to create from abundance and not create by always manufacturing a whole. So I hope this is just a reminder that that can and and does get easier over time, but it really is something to give your attention to. It's definitely different, I think, even sometimes, because I feel like when you're getting started, some of the reasons why people hit their first kind of big income goals is because they're fucked if they don't. Yeah. People be like, oh, like my car is going to get repossessed, (laughs) you know, (laughs) or like my kid needs to go on a school trip or something, but like, they almost feel like they have to make this money or else. And so there's that like huge fire underneath them, but it's like when everything is so good and like, you've got the big money and the car and the house and the dog and the husband and blah, 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 blah. You don't necessarily feel that fire underneath you to go make more. Cause you're like, I've got more than I could have ever imagined. I think that's true. I think you're finding different reasons for that drive. That isn't like, because there's a hole, like there's just different reasons at this point, right? They're not better or worse. They're just different. But I think working to find the reason that feels compelling to you as part of the work you've been doing this year. And I think that's really important. Yeah. Paul and I were talking about money this last week and like our living expenses, personal expenses, food expenses, like none of that has moved for over a year. And obviously we like ball out and stuff for sure. But like, even as we're making more money, like we wouldn't change anything about our lifestyle. I don't think I would buy a castle because you can buy those in Scotland. Right. Yeah. Like, Mm -hmm. like, no, totally. Like I would go buy a castle, you know, but other than that, like my day-to-day life just wouldn't change. Yeah. You know, wouldn't buy a second car like that because I can't drive it, but you know, nothing else would change. So I think now it's more so just wanting to kind of stretch myself as big as I can and just really wanting to go for it. What's the reason behind that? Mm. If nothing in your life changes, if everything's good, what's the why? World domination. Obviously. 
obviously. Other than that, well, the dog toy budget has significantly increased. So got to pay for those. To give Bonnie the best life possible. Exactly. And Clyde. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think that I just really like what I do and I'm really good at it. And I feel like if there's so much bullshit in the coaching industry, the answer is just to, you know, go full antitrust monopoly and just take everyone underneath me. (laughs) You know? Look at you with your solutions. We're going to be like the Vanderbilts of online coaching. (laughs) Or the Rockefellers, whatever. Yeah, can mix it up. Try again. Feminism. Okay, say more. I don't know. I'm, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Do you feel like this would be like a really important one for you to figure out? No. Try again. Yes, it would be. Good, good answer. Correct answer. Good answer. <laughs> so I feel like what's your why is, you know, like such a cheesy thing um, to say in the online space at this point, but also it's so important. You know, I sometimes I think like the things that we kind of find to be cheesy or eye-rolly like gratitude lists or like what's your why or things like that you know that are so easy for us to eye roll or sometimes the most foundational important things we can do and i think that sabrina is just really coming up against that right now is like knowing and recommitting and feeling so clear on her why is going to be what propels her forward because you know at a certain point it's not about the money propelling you in the same way and it's not about some of the like things you can get out of it but has to be about such a deeper more intrinsic pull and so really coming back to that is so valuable and so important you know sometimes at the beginning of business it really is like the why is like make the money for my family or whatever and that's like not a bad why at all but it just isn't always going to sustain you and so having this bigger conversation is really helpful and so just wanting to remind you that for a checkpoint with yourself like do you feel like you could really really clearly answer that question for yourself right now of what's your why then if you can amazing are you spending time tapping into that and if you can't that's okay but that's some work to do so just wanting to point that out and invite you into that line of questioning for yourself yeah i don't know I just, I like what I do and I'm good at it and I enjoy it and I like live events and I want to write books and I want to do all these things. And so if you were writing the book, what would be the why behind it? Other than world domination, because apparently that's not an acceptable answer. I think that we can just say that that's like a given answer. So otherwise, we don't have to repeat it as well. Yes, exactly. We don't really have to like keep going there, but yes. What if the audience forgets? (laughs) They won't forget Okay. We'll put it in the show notes. So like, you know, if our editor is listening, make sure Sabrina's why is world domination is, is listed. Thank you. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah, I kind of look at all the big people in our space, like the Tony Robbins and Jay Shetty's and Lewis Howes and things like that. And it's usually a bunch of creepy men who are accused of inappropriate behavior and then they delete it all from the internet, but there's no women of like comparable stature or size. So I plan on doing that. Okay. You know, to 
fight the patriarchy and make women richer so that they don't have to put up with bullshit. Okay. I like that. I think that's a really good why. But like, I think that's just so important for you to feel like there's like something driving that, right? Yeah. Yep. Does that feel, I know what you're going to say, but do you actually like feel that in your body when you say it? Like, does that feel exciting to you? Yes. Okay. Not many things feel exciting to me. No, I'm just kidding. Yes, it does. (laughs) Yes, it does feel exciting. I think also just as I start to have kids one day, I don't want them to look at me and think mommy could have done so much more and not in like a disappointing way. Like, Oh, I must be this person to make my kids proud of me. It's not that, but it's just, they're going to kind of follow my example, not what I tell them. So if they see me going for it and doing the best that I can, then that's, you know, they're going to model my behavior, not my words. Yeah. And that feels like a really important value to you. Yeah. I think that's a good example to set. Um, and I think I also just generally feel better about myself when I'm doing the best that I can. And that doesn't necessarily mean working 24 seven. It for sure doesn't, you know, I would be very happy working two hours a week, but I'll settle for 12. But yeah, I just feel better when I feel like I'm doing the best that I can. I think you are very much like a momentum kind of person, right? Like when you're in it and it's going, it's really easy for you to stay in it. When it stops, it's so much harder to get it going. And so staying in that place of like doing the things I feel proud of myself, I feel like I'm showing up in a way that's like aligned to my values or whatever. Like when you're in that, it's super easy for you to maintain that. And I think that's really important. I agree with that. So the thing with momentum that's so obvious, but that we often forget is that it's really easy to stay in it when you're in it. And it's really, really hard to restart when you stop. And so I feel like one of the biggest challenges in business is how do we maintain momentum and still feel like we can take rest when we need to. And so that's just something I would really challenge you to look at in your own business is you know, what are the ways that feel sustainable to keep up momentum so that it doesn't have to be such a hard stop start? I think where people get really tripped up is that they're doing like sprints, right? Of like, oh my God, I'm going to do all this stuff. And then they realize it's not sustainable. And so they pull way back and then it's so hard to restart. But if you treated your business like a marathon, like as something you had to be able to sustain long-term, even when life got busy, even when you had a tough week, wouldn't it be amazing how much easier it was to build and stay in momentum? So that's something I try to think about a lot in my own business is what's sustainable even when dot, 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 like, you know, in the season of life I'm in, it's like, even when Bennett isn't sleeping as well, even when, you know, I have a week that ends up being busier that our nanny can't come or something like what's still sustainable with that in mind. And that's where I really focus my energy and attention. If I plan for it to always be, you know, so next level, I'm going to find it really frequent that I'm stopped starting and it's going to be harder to restart every time. So just a reminder that momentum is built through sustainability and it is so difficult to maintain when you stop start. I just told Paul to get the door because your Christmas present just arrived. Oh, good. Yay. Thank you. You're welcome. Don't touch it. I won't. <laughs> Not on purpose, at least. I actually feel like you're good about that. I kind of 
I'm always worried that you're going to not be, but you you really are. Yeah. I was sitting on the bed and Paul's present for me was like right there. And if I flipped it over, I could see what it was. And he was like, don't look at it. I was like, I'm not going to, cause I don't want the surprise to be spoiled. I like to spoil other people's surprises, but not my own. <laughs> you know, so grinchy of you. I love it. Mm. But not in a mean way, Justin. And I'm so excited. I can't contain myself. I have to tell you about this thing that I got you for your birthday type of deal. Yeah. Yeah. Not like, haha, Bob got you this. You also kind of have to do that because you like to go extravagant with people. And so sometimes someone needs to tamper it down or let you know that you cannot send a puppy kind of thing. Well, I mean, I can, but that's why, that's why I told you this year that Bennett was getting a puppy for Christmas next year. So they have like a whole year to get on board. To warm up. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I have a good history of picking dogs though. You do. I'll give you that. Okay. So what does this look like for next year? We're talking about all the things that are good, that you're doing great. You also have this looming thing about maybe launching a baby, but are maybe also getting a baby. So, so I think I'm going to sign a pretty big contract to get the ball rolling on book writing, book proposal, all of that stuff. Spoke with someone. They think that next year around late summer, we would kind of go to auction for book deal, which they think will be low six figures, which would be pretty fucking insane to think about. Right. That would be pretty cool. So I think I am going to sign that contract before signing off for the year and move forward on that. And then that process would start in January podcast. We're moving forward with the video production day that I did yesterday was really cool. So I think I'm going to do one to two half production days every month. Yeah. And we will move into YouTube territory in Q1 as well. Yep. And then going to keep up with CEO confessions we're now consistently emailing three times a week. Oh, crazy, right? I deleted 37,000 people from my email list and it kind of made me want to vomit, but I did it. Very important. Very good. Yes. And now our email deliverability is so fucking good because they can like give you a score for that. So yeah. yeah, our open rates are pretty consistently 55 to 60% on a five figure list, which is or what would you call that five digit list? Yeah. You know, so which is like insane. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Really insane. Yeah. So I'm feeling good about all the things. And then also we're now publishing on entrepreneur.com twice a month as well. Consistently. Does this, feel, does this all feel sustainable as is? Cause like, I think like, obviously what you're trying to do is like, here's the baseline and then I'm going to stack the book. I'm going to stack YouTube. Right. Yeah. No, all of it feels really consistent. And also we're like months ahead on everything. So I just really want to kind of do a caveat here where you're hearing Sabrina talk about adding YouTube and maybe a book next year. And I think it can be so easy for the takeaway to be like, oh, so I should add YouTube and a book next year. And what I really want the takeaway to be here is the reason Sabrina can do that is because she's in this place where she can stack and not ship. So you guys will have heard throughout this season, we added a lot of things into her business. 
in terms of content, right? Like she got really consistent with the podcast. She ended up moving to two episodes a week. She's doing her CEO confession. She's doing way more consistent with social and all of those things are happening and they're going well. And we don't have to give up any of those things to add more. So that's what I mean by stack and not shift. I think where people go wrong so often in business is they'll do everything and then they decide they wanna do something else like YouTube or whatever and then they shift, i.e. then Sabrina would drop like whatever, CEO confessions and shift to YouTube. But she just spent all this time building out, creating momentum around and you know putting out CEO confessions. So it makes no sense to shift, right? So I just really want that to be a reminder is that it's not about what else should you add because someone else is, but it's really about are you in a place to stack things or if you go do that thing that someone else is doing, are you shifting away from all of the things you've already put in place and created momentum around, right? That's where it gets tough because then you're constantly back and forth, shifting from this thing to that thing versus stacking and letting it all build and all work and all create momentum. So really important to ask yourself that and take a look at that in your own business. Can I do this as a stack or is this going to require a shift? And if so, it might not be the right thing. You know, like there's nothing that we're kind of scrambling on. The only thing is like CEO confessions, because I just kind of ask myself, like, what do I want to write about this week? Like, that's the only thing where it's not that it doesn't feel sustainable, but it's just not like a plan ahead type thing. So I'm going to see if maybe in December when I'm off, if I'm like feeling inspired and I'm cozy by the fire, maybe I can like bank a couple of emails just on the like chance that I'm sick a week or something like that. I think there's like magic in how it's like very present moment for you. But I also think it would be nice to feel like you had one or two weeks of cushion, you know? Exactly. Yeah. So just bank a couple for a rainy day. And then otherwise, because I don't work on Fridays. So on Fridays, the only thing I have is therapy for one hour, which it's also really annoying that she does the full 60 minutes. I would like it so much better if she was like a normal person and, you know, did technically 50, but realistically like 47, 48, but here we are. So you're stretching your capacity to talk about emotions for an extended period of time. That's very important. Yeah. Yeah. Every single week right? for years and years now, pretty crazy. Um, yeah. So, and then also my schedule for next year is so light and easy. I have moved all of my team calls. I had like some team calls and stuff on Thursdays. And I was like, if you want to talk to me, it's going to be on a Monday. Mm -hmm. So we've already moved those over. So I will only work on Mondays and Tuesdays next year for calls. And you got rid of like most of your like more intense in terms of like commitment from you programs. So that's been too. Yep. And I'm condensing millionaire down to two pods just for a couple of months. I was running three pods, but I made some decisions to pull it back down to two and that's still with like a normal smaller pod size. It's not like we've got them like jam packed or anything at all, but yeah, I just, I wanted to do that because one of the pods was a bit smaller and I was just like, rather than pushing to fill this third one, I'm just going to make this change. So I have a bit more space in Q1 as I kind of adjust to all this new content stuff so that I can focus on wealthy women. Yeah. There will be no mindset reset calls next year, but accelerator decision, right? That was a really big decision, but accelerator is going to have two group coaching calls a month with me 
Whereas previously their group coaching calls with me were the mindset resets. So we're doing that, but we're also doing more like programs and master classes than ever before next year. So I think it all evens out and we're going to find another way to do those where they might come back. If I have like a hundred people in accelerator, I have no problem doing mindset resets plus two group calls a month. Cause it's so worth my time yeah. for now. We're just pausing that. And then also all my private coaching calls next year will be 30 minutes. Look at you. No more 45. 45 is officially dead. Bye. I just want to like give you credit there too, though, because I feel like you were not super spinning on most of those decisions. Like I feel like they were made quite quickly. And I feel like that was a big deal too. Like I thought the mindset reset thing was going to be much more <laughs> of an ongoing conversation than it was. And you were like yeah. very good at like moving through that and being decisive. So I think that's super important. Yeah, definitely. So I feel good about all of the changes, good things, good things all around. So I'll do two hours on Tuesday, two hours on Monday, and then I will do a two hour podcast session once a week and maybe like two hours of content or so a week. So I have, what is that? Eight hours a week of work at the moment. Obviously I'm going to do more than that a little bit just because I'll probably be banking content and stuff, but well, you're also going to have other stuff on your plate. You're going to have like the recording days. You're going to have the book. You're going to have like other things taking your focus, but it's nice to know that you can give it your focus. So like actual commitments will be two hours on Tuesdays, three times a month, one hour, twice a month for accelerator, whatever programs I run. And then a 30 minute operations meeting once a week and a 30 minute video meeting once a month. But yeah, overall, like really, really light. And does that feel how you want it to feel? Like, mm-hmm. does that feel like yeah. spot on with what you're wanting? Not more, not less. Um, I mean, I feel like I'm happy to take more on in terms of content, like video production days, book writing, podcasting, things like that. But in terms of coaching, I think the only thing that I could see myself adding is private clients. But I feel like a little bitch about that. You were being such a little bitch about that. You also just stopped responding to me about that. Oh no, my phone died. Uh-huh. I think yeah. I messaged you in Basecamp about it too and you ignored me. Who uses Basecamp in 2022? You do, bitch. Just not for that, apparently. <laughs> apparently not. So something that just feels like really important to caveat here that I think is also a great lesson is that Sabrina and I do talk outside of calls a lot. So I think there are sometimes missing or incomplete elements here where it might seem like, well, what is she even talking about regarding her being very decisive? Or like, why isn't Lacey asking more about this particular topic? It seems like she skimmed over it. Then I just wanna say that is because we talk outside of calls quite often. And I really try to treat this podcast as true to the experience. Like I don't want to have to be asking more about a particular topic so it makes sense for the podcast I'm doing it so it makes sense for Sabrina so it may feel like there are missing elements there sometimes but what I really want you to take away from that is that having conversations with your coach and with your clients outside of calls is wildly valuable what I truly truly see is when clients 
are able to utilize that space to get questions answered and to make decisions, they're able to move forward so much more quickly because they're not waiting a week in between, right? They feel super supported, can make decisions and can handle certain things outside of calls, which also allows us to dive into bigger conversations and questions on calls where it's not just like a Q&A, right? Like it's not like just a Q&A for your coach where you're like, well, I have this quick question and this quick question and this quick question. Like that's the stuff that can be answered outside of sessions. And then in sessions, you can get into the meatier topics. Like what is my why? What's going on there? What is my bigger vision for next year, right? It's much harder to talk about that in between sessions, although we do, but if you can get most of the other stuff answered in between sessions, then it's so much easier to dive into bigger conversations in a session. So I hope that's just a helpful reminder, whether as coach or client, that using the support in between is everything. So what's going on with that? Um, I think that what I realized is I don't want to run a third group program. Yeah, I think that's fair. So for legacy, I feel like at that level of client, what I want to do is mostly private. Like I like the idea of maybe once a month or once a quarter doing a mastermind session with other private clients so that you can kind of hear what else is going on, but it's mainly a private type program. And since my private calls are now 30 minutes, it's really easy to have, let's say four private clients and just do like two hours back to back Mm -hmm. or even like three hours if I want to put some breaks in there and do that two to three times a month. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So what you want to do it or no? I don't know. I'm a little bitch. Why don't you want to do it? I haven't sold private in so long. The last time I actually had a private coaching sales page and like actually allowed people to apply for private coaching, I think was 2019, but it might've been 2018. I was going to say 18. I think it was 18. It definitely wasn't this year, last year or 2020. It might've been 19, but I think it was 18. I think you're right. Maybe like end, but yeah. But yeah, I just, I don't do private coaching anymore. Like I will take a private client if they are like begging for it. Like you have to fucking or if beg. Or they were like in another program that you were, yeah. Right. Or if they were in another program, but I remember the lot, one of the last private clients I had, she was like, I will chop off my arm to work with you. And I was like, okay, here's, here's your contract. Prove it. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Dead pics, bitch. <laughs> so, so not it. And we have legacy branding. So I had my brand designer make branding yeah. for legacy. We have private coaching copy. So I know that I could get a sales page together like by the end of this week if I really wanted to. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's necessarily necessary, but I've just always been like, I don't do private coaching. So I don't know how to be like, surprise bitches. I do private coaching again. But then also I have the millionaire VIP version where they can get six private calls with me per year. Yeah. So I don't mm-hmm. think it would be better just to get a couple more of those, but I'm really focused on wealthy, but I don't know. Do you want to do more private or are you just seeing that as like an option or is it like something you're actually excited about or like, where are we landing? I'm excited about it. If they're making like over 750,000 a year. Mm-hmm. So can you just do that? I don't know. I don't even know if they exist or follow me. You just told me they're following you and reading every one of your emails. Mm. Yeah, but those are more like $3 million, $5 million, $10 million a year entrepreneurs. Mm. 
and they all they all hire Brendan Burchard because they <laughs> love him. <laughs> he does seem like a nice little fella. Well, that's good to know. You could be the female version of that. Mm. Exactly. But I think like the question here is like, would it feel more exciting to sell that? Would it feel more exciting to fill some of those spots with the millionaire VIP? Like, what do you actually want to do? I don't feel more strongly attached to one or the other. I think that if I did start taking more clients at that level for millionaire VIP, I would need to reopen a third pod, which is fine because I already have three millionaire VIPs. So let's say I get five more, then that's like perfect reason to open up the third pod again. That seems like that makes a lot of sense, especially if you're not feeling more called to one or the other. I think that actually does make the most sense, like from a practical standpoint. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you agree with that? Yeah. Because I feel like in some ways, and you tell me if this still is true, but I feel like in some ways, legacy is still being kind of like birthed, you know? Like, I think that you haven't quite landed and it's not like you couldn't just like call it that and open it up. But I don't feel like you had that like drop in moment of like, this is it. This is the thing. So it's Mm -hmm. not like, I don't think you could sell that or you couldn't have a sales page up tomorrow, but I feel like it's maybe worth waiting for that. Like, this is the thing moment, just slightly more there because you already have this other track that you can fill right now. And so it's not like, Mm -hmm. like there's any like gap right now. It's more just like waiting for you to feel like I can't wait to sell this. I don't think you're like bummed about selling it, but I don't think you're in the place that you get. And you know what I'm talking about when you're like, this is it. This is the thing I'm selling this. Mm -hmm. What do you think? I don't know. I think whatever you think. Try again. I always think the opposite of whatever you think. Okay, I actually don't like that answer, so never mind. <laughs> you don't like it because it's true. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I know you're not re-listening to the podcast, but that is like a piece of commentary that has been my clip in of like the way Sabrina processes is to take the opposite stance of whatever stance someone that's talking to her is taking. <laughs> yeah. That's why everyone's like, you should get a puppy. I'm like, "Mm, I don't know. And then as soon as Paul was like, we shouldn't get one. I was like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Why would you say that? (laughs) Why would you say that? (laughs) Where have you been? Of course, we're getting a puppy. (laughs) So you, it's so true. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. So one of the reasons I'm suggesting that Sabs really double down on millionaire VIP and wait on legacy is because I think there is truly a big difference between logically deciding something versus truly feeling an offer. Like I think Sabrina could make a decision on legacy and push it forward, but you can kind of tell that there's just like a lot of wavering and uncertainty there. And I don't think she's just so feeling it. And I feel like she's at a point in her business where it only makes sense to do legacy, which is gonna be quite high touch for her if she is feeling it so deeply and is so excited about it. So I really just wanna name that where, yes, we can always make decisions and move things forward. And sometimes we're at a stage and place in business where that's actually really helpful and important. And sometimes it's best if we really let it simmer and wait until we're deeply feeling an offer and are really, sure that it's going to not only just give us like a result monetarily, but actually 
feel amazing to us because you know ultimately we know that Sabrina shut down her other program because it just wasn't making sense in terms of the income for the time but also just you know how she was feeling overall and so this has to make sense for all of it and especially how she's feeling to really move forward. So that's why I'm kind of guiding her in that direction there. And you just hope this is some permission and a reminder for you that it is important to check in on that when you're creating an offer. I think I feel like a little bitch around private is the problem. Mm -hmm. So that kind of makes me want to go for it anyway. I think what I want is I want some like nice juicy panful sales before the end of the year. Mm -hmm. So doesn't it make sense though to try to get those through millionaire VIP like that's a no-brainer. It's already built. There's already interest. Like yeah, maybe. I think for whatever reason, wealthy painful has also been quite popular. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think I don't know. I just I think the only thing is I feel like as we go into the end of the year, people are more so tuned out of mastermind decisions and more tuned into private. But I don't know. How do you think that? I don't know. I think that might be made up. Yeah. Yeah. It's called a limiting belief. <laughs> Ever heard of those? No. Mm -mm. Never. No idea. No clue. So why don't like why don't we just say you're gonna focus on selling some of those millionaire VIPs? Like what would stop you from being like a commitment to that? Um, I think the only thing is I wonder if then I'm starting to dilute my message where I'm like, you can either get into wealthy women or you can get into millionaire. Or by the way, I also have millionaire VIP. If you want private access to me in 2023, I think that completely makes sense. What's wrong with what you just said? If you give people too many options, they choose none. But I don't think that's it. Like, I think that's actually better in some ways because they're still choosing millionaire. It's just, do you want to upgrade? So it's not like this or that it's like this and that. Yep. I, yep. Yeah. You're not wrong. Wow. <laughs> Shocking. <laughs> just gonna, I'm just gonna sit in that for a minute. Yep. Thank God we recorded that shit. Mm -hmm. so, so if I'm right, then what do you think? Are we doing that? Yeah. Because what's really happening here, and you know this, but it's like, because you're saying it, but it's like, you're just being like a little bitch about like, is someone gonna take it? Mm -hmm. It's not really because you don't think you should do that. Yeah. Which means what? If you're being a little bitch about something, that's probably the thing that you should do. Exactly. So what I heard you say is that since I'm being a little bitch about private, that's what I should do. Well, I mean, I guess it's, it is private though, right? I mean, or yeah, fuck it. Do legacy if that's what you really want. There's something for you to lean in there. Cause obviously there's like this whole story that you've created around that. That's not a thing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Fascinating. <laughs> okay so which one i don't know we're gonna flip a coin mm -mm. we're gonna get a puppy remember how i was just like gosh you've been so decisive lately yeah let's try that on who's that who's that bitch can she's... she come visit us for a moment no she's taking a nap she's watching the mandalorian sounds glorious um Yes, I will try Millionaire VIP and I will bank Legacy for January. And if I want to try Legacy, then I will, which I think I'm going to do it out of six months instead of a 12 to start. Okay. I agree with that. I think that is very wise, my dear. Mm -hmm. Okay. Look at me go. You want to make a goal around that or does that 
not feel like the move right now? Do you feel like you just want the goal to still be wealthy? This is just like a side thing you're doing. Side thing. Cool. No goals attached to this. Okay. It's very exciting. Yeah. I'm so proud of you. What a way to end the year, right? I can do hard things. You really can. Yeah. Very, very impressed with you. And this is our second week of two podcasts a week. Right? And I feel like you, even the recording day yesterday, I feel like you just had like no like intensity around it or whatever. It was just like a thing and you did it and you're like doing great. Yeah. And I like fucking raged the night before too. So <laughs> it's not my fault that my friends Paul was called like, oh my God, stop. Well no. well, no, because I was the one who's like, guys, let's get some water. And they're like, what? <laughs> But yeah, I really can't even imagine you saying, guys, let's get some water. Mm. Let's get some water. Yeah. So, but no, it was fun. It was very fun. Good. And then we went out to dinner to celebrate last night after the video day, which was very fun. But yeah, so we'll have 70 reels or so banked. And we're so ahead with reels that that will probably take us through like middle of April. And then if we add in like one to two production days a month then I think we'll really easily be able to crush it with YouTube and stuff. I just really, I feel like the podcast people are kind of, we're giving them a slight disservice. Why is that? Because I think like they maybe don't realize what a big deal this is. Like you being this consistent is freaking wild, right? Like I think you're making it sound easy, but it has really been a journey to get here. And I'm just like, so, so, so excited for you for like, showing up in this way for yourself and your business. It's amazing. I think that what has really made it so much easier is two things. So one is like, everything has a system around it. And so I've really set it up that I just kind of create the content. And then my team processes, edits, distributes, like they do all of that. Like I don't touch any of that. So that's important context. Yes. You know, and then the other thing that I think really has helped is just batching. Yep. So I don't record one podcast a week. I record four a week. Yep. You know, or like if I go in twice a week, then I'll record eight that week. So like we've really gotten so far ahead. A hundred percent. I think like this is like what I always believe is the thing is that like you can kind of have both. Like it doesn't like you're still doing more of the like in the moment inspirational stuff in certain ways, like with like CEO confessions and stuff like that. But like you cannot have your entire marketing system dependent on that or you're going to burn the F out. And so like, I think it's just so awesome how you like got to that place where both exist in your business, you know? Yeah. But I mean, I like, I don't work weekends. Like I don't believe in that. Like it's very easy for me to turn my brain off for that stuff. And like, I don't really want to work five days a week, like maybe two and a half. So I just would never want to run my business in a way where I had to like have a good idea that day. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, cause like my good idea is to binge watch Downton Abbey. Right. Mm-hmm. Don't really want to create a post on that. So good. Oh my gosh. Yay. All right. Well, celebrating you so much. I just am blown away by what you've done and how you've done it this year. So love you. Love you. Thank you for listening to Literally. I am forever grateful to you for being part of our journey and spending your time with us each week. I would love to hear your thoughts on the podcast, so please leave us a review. Each month, I'll be picking a reviewer to give my MSC bundle to as a thank you for listening. 
This bundle combines trainings and workbooks that walk you through a condensed version of the work I do with my one-on-one clients through my mindset strategy and execution framework. And remember, sharing is caring. If you know someone who'd benefit from this podcast on their own entrepreneurial journey, please share it with them. What I know we need more of in this world is women living lit up lives and running businesses they love and are beautifully compensated for. And if you want more tips and strategies for growing and scaling your own business but are short on time, then you are going to want to opt into my private podcast feed, Back Pocket Business Mentor. You'll get immediate access to a private podcast feed full of tons of three minute episodes where I talk about everything from how to pick a strategy and business model that works for you to how to show up online as an expert and increase your conversions. Just go to a lituplife.com forward slash back pocket to dive in.